0: Hey friends, welcome back to the Love and Relationships podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Felata, and I'm so glad you're tuning into these candid conversations about love, sex, dating, singleness, and marriage. For those of you who don't know me or are tuning in for the first time, I'm a licensed professional counselor and author specializing in relationship issues. I also run the relationship advice blog, truelovedates.com, reaching millions of people with the message that healthy people make healthy relationships. If you've tuned into the podcast before, you know it's a hotline style show, meaning people call in or write in with their relationship questions and I answer them on this show in short, practical, bite-sized answers. If you have a question that you want me to answer on the show, send it via email or voice memo to Deborah at truelovedates.com or check out my podcast page truelovedates.com slash love and relationships and I'll do my best to get it answered on one of the episodes. So let's get started. Friends, 2020 is the year of doing relationships differently. It's the year we're going to do things better. It's the year we're going to say no to unhealthy relationships and start living our best life. And I can't wait to join you on this journey. I'm excited to announce that my new book, Love in Every Season, is officially available today. It's finally available in stores and online everywhere you get your books. And what better way than to go into 2020 with a game plan, practical steps and actions you can take to take your relationship to the next level, whether you're single, dating or married. I'm going to talk you through the four seasons, spring, summer, fall, and winter, and why each season is so important to understand because each season offers ingredients and steps that are going to make or break your relationship depending on how you navigate those seasons. I want to help you move through these seasons and open your eyes to things you may have never seen before. And 2020 is the year to do it. So if you haven't already ordered your copy, I just want to encourage you to get your copy of Love in Every Season today online or in stores at Amazon, Target, Walmart, Barnes & Noble, Christian bookstores, or anywhere you get your books. And let's dive into 2020 with better healthier, stronger relationships. Hey, Deborah, it's Mike from Virginia. And my question for you is about the four seasons of a relationship. I'm excited about your new book and learning more about each season. But my question is, how can a person know what season their relationship is in? Thanks so much. So last week, we talked about the season of spring and all the different characteristics and traits that come with that important season. But today, we're talking a little bit more in depth about the season of summer. And summer is my favorite season. Well, it's one of my favorite seasons because in summer, things start to get hot. And summer is when you start shedding your layers and revealing the truth about who you are. Summer is the season of intimacy because as you start revealing who you are and getting to know this person that you're with in a much deeper way, intimacy starts to to happen and, 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 and you start connecting and bonding in a much deeper way. Some of the main components of summer are emotional connection, physical connection, and spiritual connection, because those are the things that develop intimacy in a relationship. And throughout the season of summer, I'm going to teach you how to develop emotional intimacy. I like an emotional intimacy to a spider's web because every string that you build is another connection that you have with this person. And these strings are strong and, it, and it's like a tiny little, a million little tiny strings that you're building that are connecting you to this person in a deep way. So I'm going to talk you through how to build emotional connection in a meaningful way. If that's something you feel like you might be struggling with in your relationship, we're going to talk about building emotional connection, but we're also going to talk about building emotional protection about how to make sure you're not accidentally building the bonds of emotional connection with people that you don't want to be building the bonds of emotional connection with. Because it's just as important that you're building as it is that you're protecting your relationship from from emotional bonds that could be harmful. So we're going to talk a lot about emotional bonds We're also gonna talk about sexual connection. The heat of sexual connection happens in this season of summer. And whether you're married or whether you're dating, I'm gonna talk you through the power of sexual connection and why it's important to reserve it for marriage. And what are the key components that you need to be on the lookout for if you are married? We're gonna talk a lot about some of the struggles that come with the area of sexual connection. And how we can use the power of sex in a healthy way to connect us in marriage, to heal us, to bind us together, and to use it as a component for intimacy. We're going to talk a lot about sex and what sex is really all about, why sex is about something so much deeper than we understand, and how sex can be at its best. So we're going to talk about navigating the heat of of sexual intimacy in the season of summer. And then we're going to talk about the fire of spiritual intimacy. And I think that's where I want to camp out today because this is something that applies to everybody, whether you're in a dating relationship or whether you are married. What I find most interesting about spiritual intimacy in a relationship is that science backs it up. You know, as I was doing research for this book, I found numerous studies that prove that couples who actually have shared faith are linked to a lower divorce rate as well as higher marital satisfaction. People who are connected in their beliefs and their faith about God and marriage reported having better marital adjustment, less conflict, better communication, and a higher level of being able to deal with conflict in their relationship. They basically functioned better in marriage when they had a shared belief. And guys, that is not just biblical. This is scientific data. This is this is people who have nothing to do with faith reporting what it looks like when two people have a shared value system in their marriage. You know, when, if you've grown up in the church, we hear the idea of being equally yoked all the time, right? That is something that, that you've probably heard at some point it comes from 2 Corinthians 6.14, which says, do not be yoked together with an unbeliever for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness. And usually this passage is shared in the context of explaining that when it comes to romantic relationships, we've got to make sure that we're in a relationship with somebody who identifies as a Christian. And I definitely agree with that. But I also think that we can take this scripture a little bit deeper. I think we sell ourselves short of healthy relationships by not looking at the big picture of the context of this passage. You know, when we're talking about being yoked together in second Corinthians, we're talking about a farming metaphor. Paul was using an agricultural metaphor to explain a spiritual principle here. And you guys know that I come from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, right? You know that Lancaster is home of the Amish this is an area where you're going to drive through and you're going to see people who are still using mules to farm. You know, there's no tractors, they're not using equipment, they're not they're not up to date with modern technology because it's against their beliefs. You're going to see horse and buggies everywhere. But guys, this is a farming town and 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 what's interesting about Lancaster is they still use a lot of the tactics from thousands of years ago. So when it came to trying to understand the analogy of farming and agriculture. I knew that the best person to reach out to was somebody who had experience in the world of the Amish. So I reached out to my former pastor, he, he just retired, Pastor Sam, because he was a Amish man growing up. He's a former Amish man. And and, and growing up, he he literally worked on an Amish farm. And so I talked to him in detail about this analogy of being equally yoked. And I asked him so many questions about what did it look like in the world of farming to kind of have a, a an equally yoked match when it when it when it came to farming and agriculture. So he explained to me that the idea of yoking was essentially the idea of pairing two animals together in order to prepare them for the work of plowing. And the yoke, it was a solid structure. It's a solid wooden structure that would hold a pair of animals together. When it came to pairing two animals it's obviously a no-brainer that you're going to pair the same animals, right? You're not going to put a horse with a mule. You're not going to put a donkey with some other animal. You're going to pair two animals that are the same kind. You're going to to pair two horses or two mules or whatever. So that's a no-brainer. And I think sometimes in Christian culture, um... We say, yeah, you you have to be married to someone who's a Christian. but But to me, that's a no-brainer. I think we've got to dig a little bit deeper. This isn't just about marrying somebody who's a Christian. This isn't just about marrying somebody of the same faith as you. But I think it goes a little deeper than that. I think you've got to find somebody who's a good fit for you. So pastor Sam went on to explain that if you wanted a team of animals to work well together, obviously they had to be of the same kind, but they also had to learn to pull together. They had to both pull their share of the load. You know, sometimes he said they would go buy a team of mules, for example, and they wouldn't work well together. So they'd had to go and buy a different mule for the team. They had, they had to keep changing the mules and trying different things until they found a mule that fit because a good team had to be compatible in their strength. They had to be compatible in their disposition And they had to be compatible in their personality. They had to be matched on their ability to pull together. You couldn't have one member of the team being stronger and just pulling all the weight because that would actually hurt that one. And it would also hurt the other one that was getting dragged behind. And if these animals weren't teamed well, they wouldn't get as much accomplished in the field because they'd have to stop and spend time adjusting the yoke and keep fixing it. If one animal is weaker than the other, the weak one is going to hold back the strong one. If there was a lack of balance, they would have to work much harder with much less reward. But on the other hand, when when they had a team that was equally yoked, it was like gold. I mean, he told me about this pair of prize mules that we had that he had that were the best in their whole community. They never gave up. They always pulled together. And he said when they weren't working, they were best friends. They hung out together. They stood side by side in the meadows, stroking each other. They were always together, even when they didn't have to be, even when nothing was holding them together, even when they weren't yoked, they were still together. Guys, think about that. To me, that is a picture of a beautiful relationship. And I think we can learn a whole lot from mules. That's why I want to dig into this passage a little bit, because I feel adamant that the idea of being equally yoked in a relationship is so much more meaningful and revolutionary than we realize. You know, we're not asked just to be in a relationship with somebody who claims to be a Christian like us. This is so much deeper than that. We need to ha- find somebody who matches us spiritually in their strength, and their spiritual disposition, in their spiritual personality. We need to find someone who loves God the way that we love God. Somebody who prioritizes their relationship with Jesus the way we prioritize our relationship with Jesus. Somebody who exudes the fruit of the Holy Spirit at work in their life the way we exude the work of the Holy Spirit in ours. That's the kind of person we want. We want somebody who is similarly committed to God, who is ready and willing to do the good, hard work of the kingdom of God. This isn't just about marrying a Christian. I mean, that is like the bottom line. But that's the bare minimum, if you ask me. We need to marry somebody who is wholly committed to plowing through life with you, by your side, whether or not they have to be. Somebody who's willing to work through the good, the bad, and the ugly of life by your side, hand in hand, moving in God's direction, even when there's nothing but their vows, keeping them there. And not only is it important to marry somebody like that and to be yoked with somebody like that, guys, it is crucial that we become somebody like that because our team will only be as strong as the weakest link in the connection. I spend so much time talking about the fire of the spirit of God and why spiritual intimacy is such an underestimated, but extremely important aspect in the health of a relationship because the fire of God's spirit is the one and only thing that will continue to fan the flame of your love when the warmth of your emotions have diminished And the heat of your sexual connection has waned. There's going to come a time in your relationship where that stuff is on the back burner. And the one and only thing that's going to hold your relationship together is the fire of God's spirit. The fire of spiritual intimacy is something that you need to be looking out for in dating and also something you need to be cultivating in marriage. And if you are in one of those relationships today and you're, you're struggling to know, what do I do to cultivate the fire of God? I'm going to talk you through that and those aspects in dating of what you can actually do to work on your relationship with God without connecting too much with the person that you're dating. Because spiritual intimacy is binding guys. And when you're dating somebody, you've got to be careful and cautious to set spiritual boundaries. You've got to be very deliberate about fueling the fire of God in your own life, but you've also got to be careful to set boundaries so that you don't prematurely connect with somebody that you weren't supposed to connect to in this season of dating. For those of you who are married and you're struggling to feel that fire of God, I want to encourage you that there are things that you can do to fuel and fan the fire of God in your life that will impact your marriage as well. Guys, the flame of the fire of God is such an important component to this season of summer. And I want to end this podcast episode just kind of challenging you to reflect on your personal relationship with God. What is your current spiritual temperature right now standing alone? How are you cultivating the fire of the Spirit of God in your personal life? What does that look like for you? Is there anything that God is asking you to to refine and correct in your life right now? Any sins or struggles that are holding you back? How are you allowing God's spirit to bring these things to your attention and be the kind of person who is fueling your life with the fire of God? Because that's the kind of relationship you need to be in. And your relationship will only be as strong as the weakest link So how are you working on investing in your spiritual intimacy in the season of summer? Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast today. It was so fun to chat with you about love and relationships. No matter what your relationship status, if you're looking to go deeper with healthy relationships, I invite you to check out my books, True Love Dates, Choosing Marriage, or my brand new book, Love in Every Season. You can find out more information about those, as well as hundreds of articles and in-depth courses over at my blog, truelovedates.com. I love connecting with you. So please find me on Facebook or Instagram at truelovedates and give me a shout out. If you have a love and relationship question on your mind, reach out to me at truelovedates.com slash love and relationships. If you're loving what you're hearing on this show, be sure to subscribe and leave us your five-star review because it makes all the difference in getting the word out. I'm Deborah Felata, and it was so great being together again today, and I can't wait to chat with you next week. Take care.